And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. And I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Vin Diesel, and I've been following him on Insta. Instagram? Yeah. It's cool kids call it Insta. Insta. Don't make that mistake, Mike, when you're out there grooming. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Good evening and welcome to Is It A Bicycle? Season 9, Episode 5, the original and bestest ever TV and movie podcast. My name is Stephen Wrigley and I'll be your host for this evening. Beside me have a man who says, now that his son is a teenager, he understands why some animals eat their young. It's Mike <laughs> McDonough. McDonough. Live from Vegas, we have a man who says he's discovered that mounting debt sounds way sexier than it is. It's Sean Leonard. <laughs> and in the red corner, it's our cuddly killer. A man who seeks out Coke bottles with the name Mike or Steve in them that gives him a good shake. Bastard. It's Mark Superhero Leonard. This week we'll be discussing some movies in the shape of Fantastic Four and Harbinger Down. Is that how you pronounce it? Harbinger. 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 Down. And tomato, some, tomato. Yeah. And I think TV. that's how you mispronounce it, Steve. That's how you mispronounce it? Lovely. And mm-hmm. some TV in the form of Difficult People. Let's have some news, hopefully, Sean, and some previews coming to a bicycle near you. So, how are we doing? Doing pretty good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks very much. Doing really good, man. So, what have you been doing this week, Mike? I've been mostly annoyed with my teenage child. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I believe I sent you an email earlier about uh, his activities when I was trying to get a snooze. And uh, he put on the YouTube clip of the 10 hours of the, wor- of the world's most annoying noise. <laughs> um, set it playing on the laptop just out of reach so I would have to get on <laughs> turn it off <laughs> is that the one from um... I think it's Roger from uh, uh, American Dad it wasn't Dumb and Dumber no uh, oh, maybe Roger ripped yeah, the joke yeah, 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 okay, yeah. <laughs> very good <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so you would eat your young so, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. Uh, particularly appropriate uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what have you guys been up to? How's Vegas treating you, Sean? Well, I, I just had a, a buddy from back home immigrate. He's been here for mm. approximately 14 hours. So mm. that's that's been a pleasure uh-huh. uh, and a privilege to welcome him to this fine land that has been so kind to me and bounteous in its pleasures, both physical, social, and carnal. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume there's pints tonight, then? Tonight will probably be pints. I would presume, Connor, are you up for pints? Yeah, Connor says, yeah, he's up for pints. Good stuff. Sounds like you're describing pints and a circle jerk of some kind. (laughs) (laughs) That's always what it sounds like when I talk about my social activities. (laughs) So what are we seeing this week? Uh, I saw that one that we were previewed ages ago, Automata or Automata, whatever you want to call it. Oh, is this with Antonio Beras? That's the one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) His ass is not bare, though. I can can confirm (laughs) Yeah, um, so it's another AI movie. Yeah, uh, in the long list of AI movies, we've I've watched. seen this actually. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you think it was shit as I did? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a great premise, and it had yeah. a bit of sort of mm. two thousand AD mm. Blade Runner. Yeah, at the yeah. start. Yeah, and then it just got in and got silly. Yeah, really silly. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, got a bit. Uh, what was it, what's the name of that other AI early AI kids movie? Uh, Remember that one? I Robot. Yeah, uh, not Chappie, but iRobot, is it? Oh, no, no, before that. That way was the before Will Smith that. one. Oh, it's the one. Uh... But the kid, the, ki- yeah. the kid is the robot. Oh, oh, yeah, it's oh. called AI, Artificial A- Intelligence. A- <laughs> 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 
boom. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should make it a rule not to review any more AI movies or TV shows ever. Uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Have you guys seen Ex Machina? Yes. Yes. That's cracking. I no, enjoyed it. Mike, did, Mike didn't That's like great, it. Mike, it's, yeah, I really it's not, enjoyed it. It's not good. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good. It's so good compared to other the crap ad- AI movies. The advertising for the movie made it seem like it was going to be this, like like all other AI movies we've seen, like it was going to be an iRobot, like, oh, they all have to they get in a big fight and there's like an escape. No, it's a drama that happens to be about robots. And I was really, really invested throughout. It's really pretty. And it gave me a weird feeling in my body and mind. And I like that, yeah. as we've discussed. You know who rocked Probably in that to was... to do uh, with something else that was going on in your room at the time. <laughs> We're back to the circle jerk, are we? Oscar Isaac was actually the best in that, I thought. He was amazing. I thought he was brilliant. There was yeah. a dance sequence in Ex Machina that sounds like it was better than both Chappie and Atamata put together. <laughs> Long-time fans of Visit a Bicycle might remember that we used to do ads for Audible once upon a day. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd agree that those ads were really good, although most people agreed not to go to Audible because of them. But anyway, that aside, <laughs> that's, that's in the rear view. The reason I bring this up is because another podcast that I quite like, um, the Giant Bombcast, yeah. they did an ad, a lot like our Audible ads used to be, only it was about Ex Machina. No. Oh. Or Ex Machina, whichever way Sean says it. And um, (laughs) they, in their enthusiasm in describing the virtues of this film, made it seem like it was good. Oh, that's a pretty impressive So I hastened out to find it and watch it. Yeah. And oh, what a waste of my haste that was. (laughs) So it's shocking. And to, I think it was Brad... And Jeff on the giant bomb cast, fuck you guys. <laughs> you fucking lied to me. Um, Speaking of um, guys, I want to say fuck you too. I was very struggling really hard to put that in without making it sound like I wanted to have sex with a guy. I'm not against people that have sex with people who are the same you, you sex don't have, as them. You don't have to explain just, yourself. I don't want to do we know, it. Yeah. What'd you say, Steve? You don't have to explain yourself. We know. We know. We understand. You, you know. Okay. We just know, we just know <laughs> on this podcast. We just fucking know, right? Paul Harris. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. That was pretty rough. Have we talked who, about him? Who's Paul Harris? This is the guy uh, who fought Jake Shields last weekend in the World Series of Fighting. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. And... Uh, For the was, sixth time... He was quite uh, mm. filthy about it. Oh, really? Yeah. For the sixth time, he got a submission victory and didn't release when his opponent tapped, didn't release when his referee tried to stop him, oh. and applied additional cranking. Oh. Was was he inserting a digit in his anal orifice? Or? No, no, it was a Kimura. Worse. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I, uh, but, I wouldn't put past <laughs> no, but him what he, what, on. what he did during the, uh, the fight was put his fingers in his eyes many times. Oh, nice. Eight and times. If you the, go back well, and watch the tape, it's eight uh, times. Actually, I don't think it's... It's all the blame shouldn't be, well, it should be with him, but some of it should be shared with uh, the referee. Yeah, Steve Mazzagani needs Mazzagani. to grow a pair of balls. He needs mm. to go, I yeah. think. <laughs> Full mm. stop. <laughs> yeah, he, because he was told by Jake Shields, he's mm-hmm. po- poking me in the eyes while he was doing it. Yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, I'll deal with that. He said nothing to him. 
And he, he didn't deduct a point. He didn't do anything, uh, anything. And uh, as well as that, when the Kimura was being applied and your man is forcing it, yeah. and obviously Jake Shields was tapping, yeah. he didn't jump on them. Uh -huh. He sort of started slapping them on the back. And if you're in the heat of battle, mm, you yeah. need more than a slap <laughs> on the back. You need to do. A, well, no, I, I think John. I think that was the only thing. Middle, you know? I think that was the only thing Mazzagatti probably did right. Do you not think he should have jumped in between them, like to make how it very, would you, very though, plain? How would you do it? And be sure you weren't going to dislocate Jake's shoulder. An arm under his neck or something, you know. But how... I wouldn't do it if I was refing it. Mm. I'd be very wary about changing the okay, position look, in I'll, case it put the shoulder out, right? I'm not a ref, but, but I think he should have done more, you know. I, like, it wouldn't have oh, happened. No, I if, agree if with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not, that wouldn't have I'm not disagreeing issue, with you. you know? Well, I'm disagreeing with you on a technicality only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So he's been stripped of his World Series of Fighting title. And he's been suspended indefinitely, mm -hmm. presumably pending the NSAC investigation that's about to follow. Mm. So, like, so he's done this six times, right? Um, mm -hmm. We seem to be plugging a lot of other podcasts tonight, so I may as well just mm. roll with it. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts at the moment is Chael Sonnen's podcast, You're Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he spoke with Jake Shields this week a little mm. bit about it. And... Uh, he actually told me some facts about Pilares that I didn't know. I haven't really followed Pilares' career right. um, very much um, until coming up to the Jake Shields fight because I knew that this holding on to the submission too long could be a possibility. So I kind of tuned into it from there. But apparently once he was so poor when he was a kid, he used to hide in a farmer's field for the farmer to feed the pigs. And then when the farmer would go away, he would run out and steal pig slop to eat for himself. Oh, wow. Mm, nice. And apparently a lot of people used to like give him a pass for like some of his personality quirks because of his past, right? Mm, yeah. But um, as Chael was talking about with Jake, you know, he's probably worn all that out now. But he's essentially put himself out of a job at the mm. minute because while he's suspended, he can't fight anywhere else. He would have to yeah, be fired, yeah, yeah. be released. So it'll be interesting to see what the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, NSAC, mm. do about it. They withheld Interestingly, quite a lot of his fee or his purse, oh, yeah. I'd say, as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, Jake Shields could also be in trouble oh, with yeah. NSAC because mm. after the fight ended uh -huh. and the tapping happened that wasn't respected, yeah. he punched Polares in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was more like the kind of punch you'd give your friend when they hurt you on purpose to be funny. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, exactly. He yeah, punched yeah. him going, you're such a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you, do you think, interesting story. Do you think this is an argument for equipping the referees with tasers? No, for them uh, <laughs> having to have training to reach a certain mm. standard, for sure. Uh, Big John McCarthy, he trains every day. He, mm -hmm. Like he trains in jits, like mm -hmm. yep. so he knows what the position is and when you're in it, yeah, and yeah. so on. Mazagati doesn't. Mm. That's the difference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This is now. This is. I'm only hearing this third hand. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't yeah. know Mazagati. So it must be true. It must be true. Yeah. But you know, but um, yeah, yeah. It, mm. There, there has to be like a, a standard and a retest. Uh, mm -hmm. You know. Like Herb Dean as well. I mean, he's mm -hmm. he's never put a foot wrong. He's another guy mm -hmm. who you'd be safe with, you know, yeah, in the ring. Yeah. You know, so he's actually fought, isn't he, Herb Dean? I don't know. Has he's he? fought no. MMA. Really? Yeah. I'm nearly sure he fought. Now, what was the was a King of the Cage? I reckon he might have had a King of the Cage fight back in the day. All right. Yeah. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but yeah, definitely they do need to be like they should be between blue and purple in BJJ if they're going to be refing grappling of any kind. Yeah. Um. Like blue, you'd probably get away with it. Purple, even better, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, okay, what else did we see this week? Uh, oh, I saw several finales, I... actually. Sorry, Sean, to cut across you. No, it's fine. 
Halt and Catch Fire finished up season two. Okay. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I, I actually think it was better than season one. Did you see it, Sean? The, the I did, and I'm but I'm debating whether or not the season as a whole is better than season one, right? And and if it's, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no, go for right? it. Yeah. So season one, Halt and Catch Fire, became about these three people, right? Joe McMillan. Uh, as this just, you know, with my words, I will grab the world by the balls and force it into the future because it's, there's something broken in me and I need to do that, right? Yeah. And the engineer and the rebel, Cameron, right? Yeah. And it was those three people and their interrelations. Almost every scene had either all three of them or some combination of all three of them trying to do this one specific thing, build the best fucking computer there'd ever been. Season two splits them up, which is fine, because it's still well written and the events are still good. But what I wanted to see was more of that. I will say that the, the leading up to the finale and the finale gave me everything I loved about the first season in spades. Joe McMillan coming to terms, perhaps, with who he is in what could very well be the last ever episode of Halt and Catch Fire was really, really poignant and sad. Nobody got a happy ending, really. Yeah. The way I feel. Yeah, well, except for um, John Bosworth. Bosworth. What a guy. Yeah, isn't he brilliant? Such a brilliant character. He's amazing. I- I'd watch a whole series just based on him. You know, in, Hell yeah. You know, in uh, what do you call it? Like the offshoot of Breaking Bad. Um, better call Bosworth. Better, better call Bosworth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a great series. Be a brilliant series. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was in there? Um, oh, yeah, Donna and uh, what do you call it? The husband, Gordon. Gordon, yeah. Yeah, they had a bit of an issue, but it looks like all could be fixed. We shall see in season three. Do we know if it's been renewed? We don't. We don't, we don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's a pity. Um, Steve, I think we've already waited too long for you to give the internet what it's waiting for. What's that, Mark? <laughs> and that is your view on what the finale of that cop show everyone's talking about, <laughs> True Detective. Oh, that one that used to be good. The one that was good categorically in season one was the finale good. Was the finale good? In the opinion of Visit a Bicycle, because you're speaking for me, because right. I haven't seen the finale yet. I'm only a couple episodes I, deep. Let, in me, this. let me just check. Sean, have you seen this finale? I have indeed. Okay, great. The, the internet wants to know what you think, Steve. This time I'm going <laughs> first. Yeah. <laughs> this, this was a roller coaster, this finale. Because it started with a couple of humps, a couple of lows, and there's a couple of there's a couple of bits where I sort of I sort of thought, just Jesus, I don't give a shit what you know. <laughs> they're talking about <laughs> some stuff, giving some character background and stuff. It's a bit late in the season for that, guys. You know, and yeah. it's like I really don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, so get on with the finale. You know, and so then they did, and it was great. And then some stuff happened that I didn't see coming, and I was sort of quite disappointed. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the, it rallied towards the last act and I came away feeling that yeah it was good mm-hmm. but not oh my god it's fantastic like mm-hmm. we did with season one so in the opinion it's, of Steve it's good at, is it's it solid you know? it's definitely worth a watch it's don't good finale. don't think you're watching season one it's mm-hmm. a completely different show but it's a good finale yeah what did you think of Colin Farrell's diction his diction I had no issue with it alright I've heard people say that he became so drawly it became almost impossible to follow what he was saying. That's probably just his Irish accent. Is talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, what, what I grew to love uh, during the season, it's just a completely unrelated point, is um, the 
the theme music mm-hmm. is, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. The score is fantastic. Leonard Cohen's Leonard Cohen. new album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's well worth looking up. Yeah. I thought, me personally, not that I speak for Is It a Bicycle like you do, Steve, but I thought that it was essentially just like an hour and a half film of, hey, sure, you would have to watch the other episodes to get all the details of the very overly complicated plot, right? But besides that, I could have just sat down and watched that movie. There's a gangster out to get the people who betrayed him. Yeah. There is, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people who are trying to get out alive from the situation they find themselves in. That's classic fodder for, you know, those true crime movies. And I thought the action sequences were good. I thought that the way that they, you know, the denouements of a lot of the characters made sense. There was one, I can't spoil anything, obviously, but there was one that completely threw me. There was that I almost had to I like rewind it and be like, wait, what HBO go? What are you trying to tell me? Yeah. <laughs> it was, I don't know. The, they they kind of give uh, way out of left field resolution to one of the uh, romantic relationships that I was like, what? But why that's, <laughs> was that I, I, ever I think that's, in any way hinted at? I think that's the same scene I was referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I thought it was good because, in, in, to be honest, right, it's just a kind of cliched show about cops that is overplotted, undercharacter developed, like a lot of those shows about cops. Like genuinely, I, I, the only thing that separates it is the occasional uh, wonderful moments of writing and really famous people. Mm. This season, at least. Yeah. Yeah. See, you're not really getting me to buy into going out and watch the, the series yeah you see i still think that if you know the its biggest problem is that it's under the shadow of season one right you know had it been a standalone uh detectives that are true yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it's it it uh, you know it wouldn't come in for half as much criticism right and it would have been a solid it is a solid show you know but it it would have got the merit that it deserves i think you know is there going to be a season three i think so i think probably there, I, it's not necessarily set like they haven't said that yet but yeah i think there's probably. a rumor about that all right during the week but, um, we should go to our news section, Steve. <laughs> That's bound to have that information. I hope so, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing um, I finished watching was um, that uh, show we reviewed a few weeks ago, The Saboteurs, mm-hmm. uh, the heavy water one. Oh, this is the one, the, the languages one. That's right. Yes, yes. Exactly. So we go from what everyone on the internet wanted to know to something that nobody interest, is interested in. No, but this is no. why we're here. We should be telling them that they should be interested in it because it's a very, I'm not very telling them good that. show. I'm telling them the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good show. The Saboteurs. Um, yeah, finished up. It's only a six-parter. It's brilliant. Yeah, get to it. It's nice. See, now people are going, well... I was really listening to Steve's opinion about the finale of True Detective, but after what he's just said about saboteurs, I'm not so sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Did you see anything else this week, Sean? I did indeed. I actually watched a couple of movies. Um, The Entourage movie uh, was one film that I watched. You were a fan of the TV show, weren't you? I was, yeah. Yeah. How does it it match up? Well, in terms of people who like the TV show, uh, as long as you haven't changed at all, you're going to love the movie. Like, there, it's it completely is just a long episode. 
which oh. is fine. It has, you know, yeah. really good production values, the actors that you like doing the things that you like, mm-hmm. and it's good resolution for the characters that were fan favorites. And it brings back a bunch of people that they didn't need to bring back, but were nice nods to the series. So in all those respects, of course, it is a success. Jeremy Piven and Kevin Dillon, good job. However, I was also watching Ballers this week. And I, I compared Ballers, uh, the show where Dwayne Johnson plays, uh, essentially a money manager for a bunch of his old football buddies um, after he retires from the game, to Entourage, right? And I realized that the difference was Entourage is about four or five people who are pretty shitty, who are pretty, like, lucky and maybe talented on occasion and, are, but, and get into trouble because they do bad things. And Ballers is just about people who try really hard to be good people and things are tough for them. So I felt like one of them had a lot of heart and the other one was Entourage. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I also watched Run All Night, the uh, Liam Neeson movie that Mark recommended a while back. Yeah, we reviewed that. I thought everybody in this podcast recommended it. I wasn't there uh, for the review, I don't think. This is Taken 5? (laughs) <laughs> it's very it's it's similar in in some ways to Taken in terms of like the plot being about you know a, Liam Neeson protecting someone with his special skills, but I found mm-hmm. it to be far more dramatic than an action like romp like all the Taken movies. Mm-hmm. There are good action sequences in it, but there's really not all that many. It's more about hold, the hold, consequences hold, hold, hold of on, the action. Hold on, hold on, Sean, Sean, Sean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait yeah, just yeah. a minute now. You're mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. that you weren't struck with the very poignant drama in Taken One when he says to his <laughs> own daughter on the phone, They're going to take you. And she goes, Gasp. <laughs> sure. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. If no, that's that not, got me. If that's not drama, <laughs> then I that have no dramatic. idea what it is. I, I like Taken One. Taken One's a good movie. But I'm just saying that this was much more of a... this what, like Taken is very specifically an action movie out and out, you know? It does have dr- drama behind the action. I'm not disagreeing. The other two fall off for me in that category, but whatever. In Run All Night, it was really very specifically just about relationships and the actions that had to happen because of, essentially, one guy being a stupid punk. Um... I don't know. I, I really liked it. I followed it all the way through. I was invested in what was going to happen. Although, I don't know. I don't really know if it was ever going to end up any other way than the way that it did, which is fine. But, I don't know. I, I guess I was kind of wondering, throughout, are they going to try and throw me? Are they going to try and toss something at me? And then the characters would have a lot of lines going, this is what's going to happen. And then I'd go, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> I agree with you. So, I don't know. I liked it a lot. I think it was a good film. And I think I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, how much you, Sean? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, let's... Uh, do you have news to talk about, Sean? Yes, indeed. Okay, let's go to the news with Sean. First up in the news, the show that everyone's talking about, True Detective, will there be a season three? <laughs> I knew we wouldn't let us down, lads. I knew we wouldn't let us down. The answer is maybe. <laughs> they people like it didn't have bad ratings, right? The season two finale garnered two point seven three million viewers. However, the uh, three point five million people 
was pretty much the steady number for every episode of True Detective Season 1. So, not really bad ratings, but compared to the first season, there was a significant drop-off, right? However, people st- uh, the network seems interested, is what the rumors are saying. Um, HBO president Michael Lombardo, according to Yabata, which is a site that I've never been on, but I'm sure it's credible, um, he said during the 2015 Television Critics Association press tour that the network is open to the idea of a season three for the anthology series. They would want to continue the story, which is weird, because why would you say continue the story when actually it's, you know, going to be a completely different set of characters and stories? And But it also comes down to what Nick Pizzolatto, the guy who brought us season one uh, and then brought us parts of season two, um, it depends on what he decides as well. So there's no confirmation as of yet. Uh, in our next item, um, we go to a movie about the Stonewall riots. Did you guys hear about this coming out? I heard about it all right. Okay, so it's called yep. Stonewall. Uh, the official trailer is out now. Um, uh, just a quick bit of uh, background for everybody. The Stonewall, Stonewall riots were a series of violent protests against the police by the LGBTQ community in New York in 1969. Um, everybody says it was one of, if not the most important events that led to LGBT plus liberation in America. And one of the foundation things upon which all those rights are built upon. So... The movie, the trailer builds it as a true story, right? It builds it as, you know, these are the facts, this is what happened. And it's from the director Roland Emmerich, who usually makes disaster movies, but obviously there's a new leaf being turned over here. There's just one problem. In the movie, there's this, there's this, there's this dude who happens to be the first person to throw a brick, right? Bear in mind that uh, one of the taglines for this movie is, every revolution has a spark. Okay, and it's a picture of this, this, this young, attractive, white, Hollywood-looking guy. Except, <laughs> the trailer claiming to be a true story tells the audience that it was a young, white, gay dude. Like a, a pretty guy who threw a brick. However, according to hundreds of eyewitness accounts and documented evidence that was apparently ignored, the riots were actually started uh, by black drag queens and transgender women. Nah. So... The audience that they are uh, going to be, or at least a large part of the audience that they're going to be sending uh, this movie out to in the hopes that these people will go and see it, are outraged and calling for boycotts because of literal whitewashing, because of the facts being completely changed for what happened, ignoring at least uh, two minorities, very simply, um, in their movie about minorities and riots. (laughs) So they're going to start burning down cinemas and stuff. Oh well, I, I think I think they're going to ignore it instead. <laughs> <laughs> it goes away. I um, saw that trailer today. But, actually, it looked interesting. All right. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. I can no one say that it won't be an interesting movie. It's just that it'll yeah. be wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, See, Which is I, a bit awkward for a true story. If I, if um, I was in the cinema, I'd look at that poster and say, mm, "Stonewall, that sounds interesting," and then I'd look at the rest of the poster and see no Civil War uniforms. It's like, that shit. <laughs> Move along. Um, and, and moving on to the final piece of news that we have, um, Fantastic Four, which will be reviewed in this very podcast. Mm-hmm. 20th, 20th Century Fox uh, the, uh, had Fantastic Four released this weekend. It debuted to just 26.2 million at North American theaters over the weekend. Oh, my God. Ooh. Which means... Half a person per cinema. 
It means that it came in second this week to the Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which held the top spot in the box office with $29.4 million in its second week. So, Ouch. who's getting mm. fired? So, um, this is essentially a Fantastic Four, shot. hopefully. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. I mean, bear in mind the 2005 original movie made $56.1 million. Mm-hmm. And the wow. 2007 sequel, uh, Fantastic Four Silver Surfer, made 58.1. And listen, Chris Evans might be worth a lot to the box office, but he's not worth that much. Hmm. So um, people are, are saying that a lot of the money uh, that was lost or, or not gained, I guess, could be potentially attributed to Josh Trank, the director, who also directed Chronicle. Mm-hmm. He sent out a tweet saying that he had a fantastic version of this and then the studios ruined it and then he deleted that tweet oh this is a this is a director tweeting this about his own film before it's released wow you don't shit (laughs) on the hand that feeds okay because then not only are you not going to get fed ever again you have to eat shit from that hand wow that's you know the the budget on that movie was like a hundred million Think about the marketing. Think about the action oh, figures they the, won't sell. Yeah, like, sure, sure, that's going to be twice that with the marketing on it. Yeah, of course. It's 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 crazy. Like, yeah. this is one of the biggest superhero flops, you know, in a long while, which is not going to do anything to the superhero genre of films, but it could mean that the uh, reports of a Fantastic Four X Men crossover might not happen. It could also mean that just like what happened with the Spider Man franchise, the Fantastic Four films may end up getting. Um, sorry, I don't know if you guys heard that. My friend Connor is in the room listening, and he wheeled himself over and went, oh, by the way, Fox just uh, denied that the X-Men have tested for in the same universe. Completely backtracking on pension statements. We deny all links. (laughs) We'd like to distance ourselves from this movie. (laughs) So basically, Marvel might be swooping in or might be waiting an appropriate amount of time (laughs) and then paying very little money (laughs) so they can swoop in. Sean, is there any chance you could give us your top five superhero movies? Not necessarily straight away, but maybe later we'll stick it up in a post. I mean, yeah, I guess. Are probably you, You've you probably, probably just given get, me and Connor our dinner conversations. You probably for get the next a top ten. Forever. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I could, I could shoot that by. I mean, if people are interested, they should probably tweet us at Is It A Bicycle or send us a mail at podcast at com. Dead right. Yeah. Cool. Um, I noticed you didn't ask me why did I sleep. I didn't ask yeah, you it's not that I don't <laughs> care about what your list oh, is, coming. Mike. It's that I think it will be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not your superhero list. Uh, you, you should do a list of either your top 10 B movies. Actually, I think the top mm. 10 B movies. Yeah. yeah. Mark them out of two. Yeah. Right? <laughs> put, put it together. Come back to us. Lovely. That'll be next week's homework for you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, geez, we can barely get him to turn up. Never mind, do a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I promise to forget all about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's kick off. Uh, first of our movies, Fantastic Four. Sean, it's only fitting that you should give sure. a synopsis. Sure. Um, young, young, young scientist Reed Richards. Uh, in an attempt to finish off a project he's been working on with his childhood friend, Ben Grimm, joins the Baxter Foundation 
uh, alongside Johnny and Susan Storm and Victor Von Doom, yes, that's his name, to try and create a transporter to an alternate dimension. However, something goes wrong about three fucking quarters of the way into the movie. <laughs> Dead right. <laughs> but you should, you should never try and mess with Jason Statham because he won't violate his rules for anybody. <laughs> Oh, God, the transporter. Oh, no. <laughs> I presume that's what you're talking about. Transportation device. Teleportation to another dimension. Well, that's a completely different movie. Why did they make that movie? So what do we think of this, Mark? I've always seen the Fantastic Four as the S&M of the superhero universe. And I think I may have talked about it before. So... When you have, like, you know, you can do the wall crawling, you can fly, you can shoot lasers out of your eyes, and various other things. Like, when you've covered all of the superpowers, right? In the same way, when you've tried all the sexual positions, you want to go back over the positions again, only someone's going to beat you this time while you're doing them. <laughs> and, you know, straight away, it's, it's fresh, it's new, and it's exciting. But the Fantastic Four, their version of beating each other or wellying each other with bats is they go to different dimensions. And they always tend to do stories wrong. Mm. So that's at least the way it has been in the comics. It's like the weirdest, like you, you have to really search to find someone in your area that's into this stuff. It's the same with Fantastic mm. Four fans. You ask someone who's their favorite superhero, very few people are going to bust out, you know, Reed Richards, the stretchy dude with the gray hair. Um, and I think one of the first films that this, well, sorry, one of the first mistakes that this film made, of which there are quite a few, mm was that it chose a cast that barely have pubic hair, which is an issue, right? <laughs> so the iconic Reed Richards and Sean, I'll let you correct me with any um, uh, Fantastic Four Ultimates or any of the versions that have come from, from Marvel, but the Fantastic Four Reed Richards that I know had some goddamn grey in his hair and was a, a guy in his, you know, he's probably drawn mid-30s, but you, you, you get the impression that he might be older than that because his He's, um, he married Sue Storm and in the comics there's references to being an autumn-summer relationship, mm -hmm. which is PC for yeah. winter-spring. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that, that was all lost straight away. Mm -hmm. They changed some of the relationships. Um, I don't think that really hurt the movie. Like, what, I kind of liked what they did with the thing. I kind of liked what they did with Johnny Storm to a degree. Um, I thought that the action when it was there was good. Like the first shot we get of Reed Richards using his stretchiness was excellent. And I was actually trying to remember if we'd seen as good a use of his powers in a film before. And, I, you know, and again, Sean, you can jump in, but I couldn't remember one. So I think that's definitely on the plus side. They seem to be better at using the Fantastic Four's powers than other films have been. I think it was badly miscast. Reed Richards... He looks to me like a drummer, basically. And I, I don't get why, why he was cast as he was. He actually looks like a bad guy, if that's not a really um, narrow-minded thing to say. He doesn't, like, Reed Richards is this beneficent genius, right, who's kind of like everyone's dad. And he looked nothing like it. He certainly didn't fit with my picture of what Reed Richards is. Right. Story-wise, it's the same problems I had with the last Spider-Man reboot. We know the Fantastic Four origin, and it doesn't matter how many different ways you slice it or what, what exactly you're grating with the cheese grater this time. It's still the same story. 
And uh, like, you know, if I had the liberty of watching this on a Blu-ray, I probably would have fast forward large chunks of this to get to where they actually start doing stuff. Um, and I think the payoff for me at least came a bit later in the film than it should have. I still enjoyed it, if you, if you believe me, after the the, um, the amounts I've given out about this film so far. But I, I did enjoy it because it's a cookie-cutter superhero in a, a film in a lot of ways. And maybe that's what the director was referring to. Maybe he tried to step outside the mold and he was beaten down by the man. But uh, for me, it doesn't take any real chances. It's miscast. It doesn't represent my view of what Fantastic Four looked like. And I didn't think it was great. Still enjoyed it for a basic superhero movie, but just if it wasn't about superheroes, I never would watch this. If there was a single subtitle in it, I would have turned out. I just left the theater. <laughs> Mike, I watched this with my normal trepidation for superhero shite, and I realized after twenty or thirty minutes that there was a significant problem with this movie for the target demographic, because I found myself enjoying it. And I realized then that there was something profoundly wrong with what they had done with the movie if somebody like me was enjoying it. And largely that was because there were no superheroes in it for, you know, probably most of the movie. Most of it. Um, so I suppose it's all the origin story, uh, which I didn't know. So that kept my attention for a while. And uh, I was really enjoying it as a movie until they got their superpowers. And then it just degenerated into the kind of regular farce that I expected. Um, I really marked the, the casting was brutal. Um, uh, especially Kate Mara. Um, I mean... What? I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Blonde is not good on her. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty shallow. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty shallow. What about her talents, Mike? <laughs> Or did you count that as one? Yeah. That That's one of her superpowers <laughs> right. is her red hair. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the story such as it, as it is, is really kind of infantile. Um, you know. It's pretty basic, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd probably get it on the back of a cornflakes yeah, box yeah. or something. Well, uh, you get it in a comic. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd get it in the first four lines on the first page of the comic before the previously on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, it's, it's hard to say much more. It's, it's just really bad. Would you agree that it started out as a good movie? Yeah. And it got to about halfway where... When you know, I, I I was I was quite shocked that oh this is quite good yeah you know and they're doing the whole interdimensional thing mm -hmm. and then it gets a bit more involved mm -hmm. and they they have powers and stuff and that's yeah. that's where it went downhill for me mm -hmm. yeah uh, if it had kept the same movie that it was before then mm -hmm. it could have been a really good movie yeah or alternatively they could have gone through the the transporter yeah. And met the cast of Stargate on the other yeah, side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they could have been brought there by Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, really though, the, the first half was a, was a great movie. And then it just mm. sort of went downhill. And yeah. until uh, it's like, oh, please mm -hmm. end. Um, Didn't think it was great. No, I mean, as a super, superhero movie, it's, it's awful. Yeah. As a normal movie, yeah. half of it is okay. Yeah. Um, and then half of it is... A particularly bad superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, I can't see any, how anybody could defend this. Um, I do kind of feel for the director if what he said happened did happen and there was a real movie under there that they just sort of chop, 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 chop. I mean, I did notice it's a very short movie as these things go. Yeah. It's only, what, an hour and a half running time? Mm, something like that. Um, sure, Jesus, Avengers wouldn't even be finished the trailer <laughs> at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it offered in 3D? It, it was only 2D in the screen I went to. Yeah, I saw it in 2D. Don't know. Yeah, I, did, maybe, I didn't maybe see it, it in 3D. I didn't see any 3D offering, no. No, it mustn't have been then. So, Sean, Sean what hmm. did you think? So, first of all, I was being so primed by all the news about it before I went to see it. Yeah. I didn't see it until uh, Monday, right? Yeah. Which is the whole weekend. So, you know, everyone had already made up their minds. Yeah. So I was I was hearing that Rotten Tomatoes was putting at eight percent and like twelve percent and then back down to six percent and I was like holy hell like wow. what do you have to do in a movie that offends people so much that you say that it is worse than ninety two percent of all other films you know <laughs> so so I was going in with a little bit of trepidation even though I you know I do like Fantastic Four as an idea and what I think its main offense is is that it's boring. <laughs> especially for someone who knows like what's going to happen pretty much mm-hmm. although if you hang out with a guy named Victor Von Doom and you mm-hmm. don't worry he's going to do something shit well you know so there's your this name, so Captain Mark as you, as you were saying earlier the, the Reed Richards that you know and the classic Reed Richards that everybody you know would associate with the image is Marvel Universe you know 1960s you know the Fantastic Family Grey Temples hmm. there is an Ultimate Universe version where they are all this young Mm-hmm. So I am slightly more okay, you know, I'm all, I'm ready for that, you know. Mm-hmm. The casting, I don't even have any words to say about it, because usually casting is to fit character. Mm-hmm. And I can barely describe one of the characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Johnny Storm's character, right, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell, is he mm-hmm. feels betrayed by his dad, and so he's mm-hmm. acting out. Mm-hmm. That's what I get for his character. That's more than I get for any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. What's Reed Richards' character? He's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, That's, I mean, he's, 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 he, he's also quite, quite intelligent. He, yeah, he does. <laughs> he, he works. He does work sometimes at a job that he has, which is a scientist. Mm-hmm. But a job is not a character trait. What is Susan Storm's character trait? She is present. She happens to be there. <laughs> Victor Von Doom, he really, really hates the establishment. So if they ever fucked him over, he'd probably do something pretty bad to them if he had the ability. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's one thing. Mm. What else do we have? The thing, what's his character? He's friends with a guy who's a fucking maniac who makes a stupid decision, which ruins his life. Which, yeah. sure, mm. is kind of the thing from the comics, but I don't get any about his big heart. Mm. You know, I don't get anything about... You know, how much he actually cares about all the people around him. So, you know, that's not only a betrayal of the character, it's also just a lack of character. Mm-hmm. It was really boring. And they mm-hmm. don't really change, except maybe the Human Torch. Mm-hmm. And there's this really frustrating oh, thing yeah, where in the last... Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? I forgot, totally forgot he was in it. <laughs> human yeah. Torch. Yeah, yeah. And the, the last... They have a couple of scenes, right? So every movie has, you know, Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, and then maybe a denouement. And it's becoming more and more popular nowadays that the denouement or the epilogue goes, and here's what the second movie's going to be about. 
right? We remember this since mm-hmm. Batman Begins mm-hmm. had the Joker card that Gordon said, you know, this is his calling card, and Batman goes, I'll oh, deal with him in the next movie. <laughs> but in this one, it seems like they fast-forwarded about 40 minutes of footage and went, and this is who they are now, this is what the Fantastic Four is, and they all have feelings about each other, even though two of the guys have literally never had a conversation. (laughs) And that was just annoying to me, because either they did cut out all the stuff where that would make sense, or, and here's what I really worry about, right, or it would have just been more stuff that I didn't care about. Here's, Here's another thing, right? This movie is pretty short, But at the moment when I thought everything was about to kick off, I realized there was only 30 minutes at most left in the film. Hmm. It's poorly edited, which may be because the guy who edited it was not the guy who directed it, right? (laughs) Which means, obviously, he he only had the footage that some other guy did Mm -hmm. for his vision, and he was told, no, make it a different way. Mm. Are you sure? Because that'll be tough, because have you ever tried to make IKEA furniture? But all you have is just a bunch of Mr. Potato Heads. <laughs> like, it's tough to do when you don't have the building blocks and when somebody else ordered half of all the parts. Mm. That's fucking great. That's the metaphor right there. That was classic. I'm going to use that yeah. forever now when I talk about this movie. So, yeah, I thought it was poorly paced. Mm. There was no character and it was really boring. Mm. I didn't hate any part of the movie. It's not like it's offensive to me. I just oh, don't I, think it's very interesting. I got to call you out there, Sean. Yeah, the very last scene is so offensively bad. Like, yeah, I guess what? that did piss me off. <laughs> but like, how did anybody think it was a good idea to finish the movie that way? You okay, know? Yeah. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the special effects were fine. I really liked the moment when we saw them. There was like some body horror that they mm-hmm. showed us with some stuff, and I thought that was good. Maybe some more of that would have been nice. I just feel sad about it. Yeah, I feel sad. You know. Mm-hmm. Rather than anything else, such potential. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, I you know, I, I think it's it had potential, but didn't have a whole lot of potential really. Especially as Mark said, you ah. had some dude that you're you're going to forget was even in the movie, which I did. And you've got a uh, Stretch Armstrong, and you've got uh, what's her name, Kate Mara. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really do a whole lot, really. Does no. She? No. Mm-mm. They don't. Mm-mm. They don't even give her no. a motorbike to get on. Like no. No. And. Um, and that other dude. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a... about, it's about family. And anyone can make a movie about family with mm. people who have powers and how it's difficult sometimes to keep a family gather, together. The best Fantastic Four film is The Incredibles. Right. Mm. Yeah. That was a fucking amazing, visually, emotionally, and comedically. The yeah. Incredibles is still the best superhero movie with those characters because essentially that's who like those are the characters replace a few bits swap them around a little bit and there you are you can make a good movie you can do it the previous films aren't all that bad they're kids movies but still like just figure out how to make a movie about family throw in some world shattering conflict that we haven't seen in every single movie before Mm -hmm. and then you know write things for them to say and to do that shows who they are as people and how those things sometimes conflict but ultimately ultimately amounts to a stronger whole than they are individually. Yeah. A question for you superhero geeks. <laughs> why why do they insist in all these movies at least 
far more than is statistically justified in giving us origin stories. Like, surely the people who are going to these movies know the origins backwards and they want to see something Sean new. actually answered this question when I said the same thing for the Spider-Man reboot. Did he? And yeah. did I sound smart? What did I say? Yeah. I'd say it was excellent. Well, no, what <laughs> I, I agree 100% with you. I was going to say it, but I already knew how Sean would smite me if I did. Right. <laughs> um, and Sean mentioned, when I mentioned that in the Spider-Man reboot, um, that it was about engaging people with the new actor, with the new character, mm-hmm. yeah. investing them emotionally in their origin. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess Sean was probably mention, making reference to it being like a character establishment film, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Is that, that fair, yeah. Sean? I, yeah, I would agree about that with this movie. And also, I mean, Mike, you didn't know the origin. They're mm-hmm. trying to get everybody's money, not just yeah. ours. Yeah. yeah, but you see, I'm, I'm from the school of thought that doesn't give a shit about their origin. And then people who know the origin obviously know it already, so they want to see something new. So it seems like a utterly pointless, wasted effort. Well, yeah, in, they, should, this... they should just start in the middle, right? So they should, do you know the way they do Mission Impossible? Mm. <laughs> Where Ethan Hunt is running down a hill mm. and about to make a very ill-advised decision to jump onto a plane, right? <laughs> That's your start to the next Fantastic Four film, mm. right? Reed Richards is holding on to Tom Cruise's jet, and being stretched way too far, right? And Ben Grimm is very slowly climbing up Reed's stretchy body to try and get on the plane because he can actually stop it. But he's so heavy and Reed is so bendy that they just keep bending Reed more and more. And then they remember that the human torch can fly and he just flies up to the plane and stops it. And meanwhile, the invisible woman becomes visible and goes, my powers are pointless. <laughs> there's um there's a rule or not a rule a guideline i guess in in writing it's more for scenes than for entire films mm-hmm. but it's the rule of the party guest you arrive late and you leave early mm. you don't overstay your welcome like you literally go boom this is what you need to know and now we've left we're at the next scene yeah okay that i mean like they could just implement that with the movie hmm. okay okay so Fantastic Four 2 is going to be great. I hope so. Ugh, if they get one, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's that going to happen either. Jeez, could you imagine? Um, okay, let's mark this. Uh, Sean, you go first. Um, shit, I made myself like it less as I was talking about it. It was so mm. weird. Um, I think I'd give this... Uh, ah, fuck it, for the pun. I'll give it a four that is not so fantastic. <laughs> Mark... <laughs> Sean has already taken the best joke that you can make with the mark for this film. Um, but no, I'd, I'd give it slightly better. I'd say it's, it's a five. There are, I did enjoy the film. At the end of the day, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't think it's a great film. But if you like superheroes, I, I think you'll get through the 90 minutes. Mike? It's a bit shite, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't go beyond a four for this. Uh, I was going to say you nearly have to mark it out a two, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's that bad. But a four, yeah, yeah, you know what? It, yeah, I'm, I'm on the four as well. You know, the first half, like I said, was 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 good, mm-hmm. but the and it was above average. Yeah, and yeah. and then it yeah. just went downhill, and it was way below average. So it's yeah. it's going to round out around a four for me as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Give it a skip. <laughs> 
Jesus, that's that way off work. my mind. <laughs> 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 do, you know, do you know what else, Steve? What? Do you know what else this movie ruined for everybody? <clears throat> What's that? They ruined that thing where when you have four people together and there's this like archetype or there's this group, you go, oh, I wonder which one I'm like and which one you're like mm-hmm. based on what their characters are and where, you know what we look like and mm-hmm. stuff. I used to play that all the time. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> okay, next up is um, first or only TV, which is Difficult People, which is about Billy and Julie. Uh, two 30-somethings live in New York. They're aspiring comics. And um, they're both queens, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm about. Are they living in Queens? Possibly. Just Did I not say that? Take the cheap right. joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it has been documented in this podcast previously, Steve, that yes. you struggle to enjoy TV where there are characters therein that you do not like. Yes. These have to be the two least mm-hmm. likable people ever written. Hmm. How did you feel about the show? Um, it was tough because I did want to like it, but uh, yeah. They're assholes, but they're 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 funny assholes at the same time. I kind of like the humor. Um, it did get a bit a bit tiring in the middle, and the writing wasn't so strong in the middle. But it came back on again near the end. So much so that uh, I watched episode two, which is automatic. You realize you have no integrity I now. I know, I know. But in my defense, episode two. It's it's a lot better than episode one, and there's some really strong writing uh, in that, uh, and I enjoyed it more, hmm. but the ending was terrible, and I'm not going to watch any more of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, they just got, the, you know, I kind of had to, I was on the fence, you know, and I had to watch the second one to know, and I, although I enjoyed episode two better, it just, hmm. it, it made up my mind that, yeah, I don't need to see any more of this, yeah. yeah. So when you go to the dentist, do you say to him, I go on, take another tooth out. Sure. Yeah, the first yeah, one didn't yeah. hurt enough. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean, what did you think of this? Why do people keep making TV shows incorrectly? Why won't they just do it correctly? There's This show has good actors, right? I actually think the actors are good. It has good jokes, Okay. But what they seem to have forgotten is, and I'm not saying that there has to be a formula, I'm just saying that there's, a, there's one that ends up being the case most of the time, especially for sitcoms, which this is, and that is, who are the characters, what do they want, and what are the obstacles in their way, right? This show very tangentially flirts with the last two of those things. We do get the first thing quite strongly, well done. What do they want? To be like maybe actors and to do comedy and stuff? Okay, cool. We don't actually see them try and do any of that. But I guess that it would be interesting to see them try that. Maybe. I can't know because you haven't shown me. But sure. What are the obstacles? Themselves. Interesting. That makes sense. Do we see any of the repercussions of them being themselves? No. Somebody sends a tweet once. Mm -hmm. Those are not stakes. There's nothing at stake for these characters because their lives are fine. The things that they want, they're not trying to get. And the stuff that they are doing will take care of them. They have really interesting, fun lives. Like, there's no, they're, they're shitty people. And that's funny also. That's a nice little thing to throw in there. I like that it's there. But it doesn't matter what they do. Or at least we haven't been shown 
why what they do matters. And if you're trying to use Twitter as a plot device or as a ramification engine, as like a machine to show us consequences, you need to do something a lot bigger. And if you're trying to get people to watch a second episode, you need to do something to get people to watch the second episode. You need something bigger. I found absolutely no hook at the end of the show. So unless it was an immediate... Because in American TV, the way the ads work is slightly different, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have a break, and then they go back for the very last scene, like, or, or the tag, and then they go right into the next show, the next episode. So if they did a double bill premiere, maybe, maybe it yeah. was all right for them to write the episode that way. But I still don't think so. Put in a reason for me to care. Show me the obstacles and the things they're going to struggle against. Because all I really got was, hey, you're bad people. Yes, we agree, and we yeah. don't care what you think. You know yeah, who, well, you're still bad. You know who wrote this? Who? Amy Fuller. Yeah, I really, that. the whole episode. She's so hot right now. Mm. She is. Yeah, is she? I know she, <laughs> she is. She did a great job on this. No, definitely yeah. not. Mark, it's still funny. It's like when you know someone is hot, but they have habits that really annoy you. So while other people are there going, man, that person is so hot, you're going, fuck that person. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt after watching Difficult People, because I really didn't like those two. Yeah. But they were the kind of people that if I spent a bit of time with them, they would incite me to go on a killing spree of some kind. <laughs> Ideally starting and ending with them. Like you would half kill them and then kill a load of other people, then come back and kill them and probably kill yourself because prison's shit. <laughs> So I, I really, I felt kind of itchy watching this because I wanted to hurt one of the other of them so badly. <laughs> Which, if you call something difficult people, I guess that means you're doing a really good job at your characterization because what you wanted was to create two people who were difficult and I could barely stand to watch them while wearing my skin. Um, I thought it was funny in spots, but that was all. It wasn't consistently funny. Um, the bit in the theater in the middle, the bit with the library water and a couple other things, those jokes really didn't land for me. Start and end, I thought wasn't bad at all. Um, but it's just not strong enough to, for me to spare 20 minutes of my busy day to, to watch week on week. So this one's not for me, Steve. Mike? I was bitterly disappointed with this. Um because I think we'd previewed the trailer sometime back, and it looked quite good, because like, it's as nasty people, obviously I'm going to be hooked into that. Because hmm. you're the antithesis of Steve. That's right, <laughs> I'm, I'm the anti-Steve. And now you're about to have no integrity either, because yeah. there's, there's hateful people in it, and you're not going to like them. No, they weren't. Well, my problem with it was they weren't hateful enough. Um, you know, I wanted them to be really, really offensive. <clears throat> And what I found was just these pathetic jokes about Jews and kids and whatever. You know, if you're going to go that, go that place, do it properly. Yeah. You know, these were just shitty little school ground fucking jokes. You know, but is that, that that's, like I don't get that whole Jewish joke thing? Is is that just very New York? Or yeah, you see, it, it always seems to come from New York comedy. You know, I this is why or I don't Jewish people. This is why I refuse <laughs> to watch any Woody Allen films. Because oh, okay. it's got this neurotic New York Jew thing going on. And, yeah. you know, th- this is actually like a, a kind of a Frankenstein of Woody Allen, Seinfeld, and who's that unfunny brother of Fraser? Um, oh, right. oh <laughs> David, David something? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so like when when these jokes started falling flat in their face, I was just like, oh god, this is really, really, really brutal. <clears throat> and then and then like um, Sean picked up on the tweet thing. Yeah, you know they say patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel. You know, Twitter do they, is do the they, <laughs> do they indeed. The la- Twitter is the last refuge of the shite screenwriter, no. <laughs> and, and you know that's where they went with it. Um, I couldn't find any redeeming factors in it. You know, had they been genuinely nasty people, it would have perked my interest, and I'd have stayed with it. But they were just shite, high-rising, terminal, self-obsessed, semi-neurotic gobshites had nothing really to offer the world and probably should go kill themselves oh hmm. god <laughs> i see um thing. can i just uh can i just point to fact something there mm-hmm. um amy poehler did not write uh, uh any of this she produced it ah. the oh, writer uh was julie klausner who actually plays julie in the show oh okay She's so lukewarm right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, do we have any more opinions? We should hurry up because it's going to get cancelled soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, nothing polite to say about this. Nothing polite to say. So, uh, is it four fillers? Mm. Yeah, maybe Hulu will keep it for a few more than four episodes but mm. probably not much more yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. okay um yeah th- this is one that i'm kind of disappointed because it it looked like it could be good but, mm. yeah. great trailer yeah true <laughs> yeah um okay next up we have a uh, second for movies um which is tell us what's called mike harbinger harbinger down harbinger harb binge drinking our binger, our binger down. Thanks. Uh, tell us about it, Mike. This is a uh, high-quality epic uh, filmmaking at its finest, um, <laughs> starring a cast of uh, well-known people you've never heard of, <laughs> except for the man from Aliens, on uh, a boat. It's not a fight ship, but if you can't have a fight ship, the next best thing is to have people fighting on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> Lance. Hans Henriksen. Henriksen, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're they're on this boat and they find some stuff that was kind of spacey, way down deep, and it shouldn't be there. And uh, like all good, uh, <laughs> now we're talking about circle jerking again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like all all good, soon to be victims of a horrible fate, they decide to bring it up from the bottom yeah. and see what it is. And uh, lo and behold, it's it's not of this world. Mm. Damn! Wonder what's going to happen to the crew. There you go, That's it, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very well synopsized, Michael. Mm. Did you see this, Mark? I did not, but I feel now after Michael's erudite synopsis that I have, in a way, possibly Sean, the best way. <laughs> Sean, did you see this? Not only did I not see this, but I could have. I made the conscious decision not to see this. Because of everything about it. <laughs> you know what? I, I think you, you chose the wise option this week. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You are, you are thrilling me right now. Okay. So, so there's a, a it opens with a, it's a moon lander. Just, like, I, need, I need to brace myself. Here. Yeah. Brace yourself. Yeah, man. Yeah. A moon lander coming out for, 
tumbling through space towards the atmosphere and it starts to burn up <laughs> and stuff starts breaking inside and the boys inside are going a bit bananas because uh they, they there's some stuff that's in there that they don't want breaking and yeah and uh then it cuts to black uh pretty much and uh we're on the harbinger i just can't say <laughs> don't it, just call it a uh, boat for fuck's uh, sake they're on the boat yeah <laughs> yeah the hd and uh, these, these crew are out doing research and they see they're after orcas or whales or something. Mm. And um, it was actually shaping up to be a pretty good movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, until they found this bloody thing. But yeah. Anyway, so they mm. find the thing, they drag it on board. And as Mike mm. says, bad stuff happens. Mm -hmm. It's a classic thing movie. Mm. Uh, we've seen this before a uh, mm. couple of last year, was it? year before, mm. the one in Alaska or in mm. the Arctic? Helix. The thing? Helix. Oh, well, there's and the, the thing, thing as well. well. Yeah. And the thing. Yeah. So, you know exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's well, one no, of those. Hang on a sec. There was that bit where the guy died and I was totally not expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one twist in it, right? There's one twist where a guy dies that you're not expecting. And apart from that, it's checking the, checking the boxes on your, on, on your list uh, yeah. for a B-movie mm -hmm. uh, creature feature. Yeah, yeah. Little creatures, mm -hmm. tiny little microscopic creature mm -hmm. features that grow into big ones. Yeah. But um yeah. It's it's a market out of two though because it's a yeah. B movie for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I th I think it's a very strong B movie. You know, they have all the classic you know elements what? that you need. You know what? It's it's uh cinematography is beyond B movie, mm -hmm. but the writing is definitely B movie. <laughs> the acting is Pretty B movie. Yeah. You know, ice it, ice it. And the, and the, the editing especially. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, that said, mm -hmm. it's not that it's not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's, it's something that you've seen many, many times mm -hmm. before and yeah. there wasn't anything new and I would find it hard to recommend. Mm -hmm. So out of two, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to, one is average, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably about a point eight, but we don't do <laughs> fractions, so it's going to be a one. Yeah. Well, you see, for almost exactly the same reasons, I kind of liked it. Like to to borrow Mark's old expression, it's like putting on an old sock. <laughs> <laughs> it, everything just feels right. Right. I, I think that was actually in reference to an old leather shoe, Michael. <laughs> but sock works just as well. Uh, you know, you have some really good looking people on board and they don't die for a while. Um the monster is he's pretty monstrous and um you know there's some pretty tense moments when you wonder are they going to get out or not um no, there is. You know, I, I was on the edge of my seat wondering <laughs> will i find the last one? Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um and uh it's on a ship okay you know. yeah okay um you know, I, I don't see what your problem is. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you want to give it a mark? That's yeah, fucking great. This is a solid two. A solid two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, right. Next up, we've got some previews in coming to a bicycle near you. Yeah. So the first one we watched was um, Solace. Hmm. Um, so this is uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, mm -hmm. Colin Farrell. Both of them seem to be psychics. Mm. One good, one bad, one helping the cops, one not. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. One is bad serial killery. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one's trying to find him. Yeah. Um, 
and one knows what the other one's thinking. Mm. Except because one, one of them's really, really better. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you think of this? This looks, this looks pretty good. It looks like a good role for Colin Farrell. I haven't seen him in, you know, this bad, bad. He's mm. always been the, the cop or savior. Yeah. Type character. I'm a bit worried about this. Why? Uh, it looks like. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Because yeah. you, you basically got one character who can see the future and another one who can see the future even better. Yeah. So, so, like, your whole story is mapped out for you from the start. And you're just sitting there watching it unfold and hoping they can surprise you along the way. And so it's like, the first character goes, I just had a dream. And the other guy goes, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. You're actually wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy goes, oh, no, I know what you're going to say. And he goes, yeah, and I know what you're going to say. And then they go, well, I'm glad we didn't do any of that then. And then the credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Um, so are we going to watch this? No. Not a hope? Not with yours, Steve. Okay. Right, okay. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. It looks good. Um, and that's out soon, actually, I believe. Yeah. Um, next one we saw was um, The Last Witch Hunter. This is up. This is right up Mark Street, I think. Vin Diesel is in this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What else do you need? He could be cutting I'm, I'm a huge fan you know. of Vin Diesel, and I've been following him on Insta, Instagram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The cool kids call it Insta. Insta. Don't make that mistake, Mike, mm -hmm. when you're out there grooming. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, <laughs> he has been putting up pictures nonstop about this The Last Witch Hunter. He really wants it to be successful, including pictures of him, like, doing sword fighting practice. Mm. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, I am sold, but you are not as in, in as good a shape as The Rock is, who I also follow on Insta. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Please continue, Steve. I, I don't see what there's not to like about this. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You got Supernatural, you got Swords, you got Vin Diesel. Yeah, it's, I know. The, it's, it's the kind You've of... You've even got Vin Diesel yeah, with a beard. Know. It's the Supernatural... Th yeah, it's, it's, it's just so... I don't know kitschy or something now you know it, it's it's like the van what's his face van helsing helsing yeah yeah, yeah. um or there can only be one or something you know yeah. it's like well, are you trying to suggest that maybe this movie mightn't be that original nah well it'll have well, you know what if you love vin diesel and you love the movies that he's in mm -hmm. you'll love this yeah for sure for sure yeah. Just, yeah, but see, just, the way you say that, it makes me feel like I should feel bad about myself if no, those no, two no, things no. are true. No, you're, mm -hmm. you, you, cut, you cut into me there. What I was going to yeah. say, not, what you're, not with what you said, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say was, uh, you know, it's just not my kind of movie. Mm. It's just not my, my kind of movie. Mm. Um, yeah, but the way you say that, mm. it so, makes me feel like you think I'm not smart because it is no, my kind of movie. No, no. Uh, it's, 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 I like it's, stupid it's, movies it's too, Mark. <laughs> passive aggressive shit that he comes yeah. up with. Yeah, he, he's brilliant at it, isn't he, yeah, Mike? Yeah. yeah, he's been working on it for years. <laughs> People at home can't see the furrows in his brow uh, when he passively aggresses you, <laughs> but they don't need to because it's all in his voice. The what? All of your passive aggression is in your voice. It's a gift. Oh, it's in my voice. Is that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can write a fairly uh, passive-aggressive email, though, when I want yeah. to. I can tell you. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, uh, yeah. I will probably watch this. Mm. You're probably going to have to. I'm probably Yeah, this is what I was mm -hmm. going to say. I'm probably going to have to watch this. And I'll probably go in with a skeptical mm. eye. Mm. But I'd say I'll... You know, secretly kind of like it. Yeah. You know, there's loads of action out. Mm -hmm. You know, I love action movies, but for something, it, 
it, it, this is the thing. It has no substance. That's that's my issue with it. Mm. So I'm not going to learn anything watching this except you know maybe how to throw <laughs> swords around or something. You know, but or, that's the whole point. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know it's a brain at the door thing. But mm. it, it's just uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward. To it. Mm. Are you as what enthusiastic what if, as Mark? What if, what if uh, there's a section where he's in the dark and he's the only one who can see? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. Are you as enthusiastic about is this you as you is, is, is you is or isn't you? Is or isn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah pumped for this. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, let me see. Um, what was the last one we looked at? It was um, Agent 47. Mm. So this is the dude from Homeland. Okay. And have, have you seen this trailer? I have. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you know what it's about. Um, this is he's he's a very special agent. Mm. He's got uh, special blood yeah. or something. There's probably only forty six guys in the world who do this. And so he's also got uh, what's her name? Is that? Ah, she's brain, Steve. Let me see. Uh, Maura, An- uh, no Angela, Angela Baby. Okay, Angela Baby and um, uh, Rupert Friend. That's mm. his name. Jeez, Rupert Friend from Homeland, who I, I quite like. I think he's a very strong uh, actor. Um, so this is quite Matrixy, mm. superheroy. Yeah. Uh, but trying to make it realistic. Mm. Uh, Mr. Quinto is also in this. Mm-hmm. Um. I know it was like stuff that he's in. So, yeah, yeah I'm in for this. Yeah. yeah. See, my problem with this is that they spent Zachary. Timothy Oliphant's um, salary on Zachary. Oh, it wasn't on, on Kieran person. Hines. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran Hines is in this too. Yeah. 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 Um, but Timothy Oliphant should be. Yeah. Because he was in the first one. Ah. Uh, yeah. And looked a lot and better. He's, than this he's one. amazing. Yeah. So, I'm a bit mm, on the fence on this one. Hmm. Mark. Well, I can't wait to see it, Steve. Yeah. Touch I can't wait to see it. I, yeah. I share Mike's um, issues that they should have cast Timothy yeah. as Agent 47, but, mm. you know, what are you going to do, right? Mm. This is out in a couple of weeks, actually, and it's, uh, yeah, it's all action, all matrixy, all uh, uh, hunt, find, mm. chase, run, yeah. fast. It looks did, like it's Did the Hitman game use bullet time? I don't think it did. Can't remember. Mm. I can't remember either. I, I know. What's the other one? The other one where he shaved his head in the third one. Agent forty-five. <laughs> Very good, Steve. No. I see what you did there. Max Payne. <laughs> Max Payne had the bullet time, and he looked a bit like Agent forty-seven in Max Payne three. Hey, speaking of three, do you, do you know what's a really fun conversation? Is to describe the plot of Sharknado to somebody who's no idea what it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I experienced this phenomenon a couple of weeks back. And I went, no, no. And then they, they crowdsourced the second name and it was called the second one. Yeah. And the third one was called Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. Yeah. And uh, straight away people are laughing. And then you go... <laughs> What was even better was I got feedback because a guy had explained to, went home and explained it to his wife and he didn't have the answers to her obvious questions like, what happens when they're on land? <laughs> I was like, no, oh, no, they figured all that out. Like, because the, the streets are flooded and there's water everywhere. Like, Hang on, are, are, but, these, uh, yeah. are these the same so, individuals that you had to explain what Star Trek was? 
they could no different group. No, different okay. group. Right. Same limitations, Michael. I'm sure you know. <laughs> different group. Um yeah. Okay, I think that's it for this week. Unless Alrighty. you have something else that you wish to divulge. No? Grant. Run away. Run away. <laughs> Better switch this off quick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so from Mike Mark, Stephen Sean. Stay classy. <laughs>